Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have Jim Rosati. Jim, happy Monday. Happy MLB playoffs. Happy Arizona Fall League. Happy... No longer talking about the Pirates, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there's a... Uh... There's a lot of stuff happening, but at the same time, there's not a lot of stuff happening. Right. There's a lot of stuff happening for other people and other podcasts to talk about. For us, we have about a month to sit back and, and relax. Yeah, I mean, you talked about it a little bit <clears throat> over the weekend. It's kind of like that. It's a, it's a weird time for Pirates fans. It's Yeah, there's the playoffs. There's the offseason, but... The Pirates aren't participating in the playoffs. And the offseason, you really can't do anything until until the playoffs are over. There's not a right. whole lot there to do. You can you can uh, sign your current guys, I guess, to extensions and, and things like that. But outside of that, not a whole lot happening at the major league level. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Exactly. So unfortunately for us, it's not like... It's again, like it is that weird time because we're going to spend probably a lot of time this month talking about other teams and like wrapping up the season. You don't want to get too far ahead because, like you said, there's not a whole lot you can actually do right now either. So, uh, yeah, you can, you know, you can only reflect for so long. I would hate for, you know, a whole month having a Starbucks and an NS9 live just talking about the past after we talked about 161 times this season in post game shows. So, uh, but I mean, hey, again, though, like it is a fun time, you know, MOE playoffs exists. You know, if you're a Pirates fan, you're probably a fan of baseball. So we'll talk about that. But like the other thing, too, is, as you mentioned, it's the Arizona Fall League. It's, it's happening right now. Right. But and we'll talk about it some more extent here. But like there's not a whole lot of inspiring players involved in the Arizona Fall League this year. So. You know, like last year, like, hey, Nick Gonzalez was there. Henry Davis was there. You know, like there, there's some players you want to see, you want to talk about. Um, not so much this year. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a, it's a uninspiring crop of players, I guess you could put it. There are a few interesting names worth following, and we'll get into those guys. Um, there's a pretty cool story. You know, with um, like with with Alessandro uh, Ercolani, um, I think that's how you pronounce his name. But he, um, you know, he's got an interesting story, and they actually just did like a feature article on him on on MLB.com a couple of days ago. So we'll talk about him a little bit. Uh, but yeah, Jack Brannigan, Jace Bowen, Carter Bins are your three position players uh, on the on the on Salt salt river rafters but um yeah we'll, we'll we'll get into it uh just not the most exciting inspiring bunch of prospects i you know i've been following the arizona fall league for a while and probably probably the worst crop of guys the pirates have ever sent and and, and i don't mean that like in a bad way it's just the thing that about this organization right now is a lot of the talent that they had stockpiled that would typically be in the Arizona Fall League. <clears throat> you know, your guys who are in in double A and triple A who maybe need to you need to see a little bit more of because they need you know, we need a 40 man roster decision or something like that this offseason. There just aren't a lot of those guys in the system right now because 
they all got promoted this year. Like right. every all, all the guys who you would typically send to the Arizona Fall League are actually in Pittsburgh now. So those those higher tier prospects just aren't even really available to send out there. And you're not sending your pitchers who just threw an entire season of starts. Like you're not, you're not sending like like Jared Jones isn't going to their Arizona Fall League. Um, Thomas Harrington isn't going to the Arizona Fall League. Paul Skeens isn't going to the Arizona Fall League as uh, as Jamie you know, uh, brings up in the comments here, right? Like those people who threw a hundred plus innings this year, they're not they're not going to the Arizona Fall League. These are relievers who they just want to see a little bit more of, for the most part. Yeah, like you're Colin Selby's last year. Yep. Which, although I mean, like Colin Selby going, there was there was a little bit of intrigue with him. You know, we talked about him last year, what he could be for the future and such. You know, but again, like it's as a reliever, as you mentioned. Um, yeah, it's like it's it's weird because you're right. You know, this this is probably the air quotes worst group of talent that's gone over to the Arizona Fall League from the Pirates you know, recent years. And like, but I don't feel like it's much of an indictment of like the Pirates farm system like you said it more or less just like they're in that like that weird they're in that weird lull <laughs> they are they're in the same weird stage of their rebuild that we are in the offseason right yeah you know it seems as if like a lot of the talent was in the upper levels and then the rest of the talents in the very lower levels and like that in between spot right now that they're seeing is just it exists you know there's not a whole lot of guys um, you know, like you, I mean, honestly, like you look at Altoona right now and then up into Indy right now, like there wasn't a whole lot of dudes, right? They're all in like the low A's now and, and high A's, right? So, um, yeah, I guess it's, again, it's, it's more of that, which is okay. You know, it, it's okay. Um, obviously for the Pirates, you want to see those guys that have graduated, not being the fall league now perform in the minor leagues or sorry, the major league is good. And then, you know, the guys in the lower minor leagues start to progress and become dudes now in double A AA and triple A for a couple of years in the future. But, um, yeah, you know, and like you said, the, the names mentioned, I don't know, like, you know, like you're talking about Carbins, and I feel like if he ends up being a Jason Delay, that's a huge W. But, like, right. that's where they're going, like Jason Bowen. I, I don't know. Like, like, if any of these guys end up being, like, a role player, on the Pirates, I feel like that's a W. Yeah, and if you're talking, if we're if we're looking at the position players, right? So if we want to dive in here, Jace Bowen, Carter Benz, Jack Brannigan, all three guys who I think are certainly capable of of making the major leagues, you mm-hmm. know, at some point, you know, during their development. Um, but you're probably not looking at any future major league starters at all um right jace bowen's power is certainly intriguing um i hate using that word you got me using that word dang it good um it's 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 a it's a real tool that he possesses right uh 23 homers in uh in 110 games this year in greensboro uh he was a high school pick at, in 2019 the 11th round an 11th round pick he's shown you know some power kind of throughout his whole development through the minors he hit 20 14 homers in Bradenton at age 20 17 homers last year between Bradenton and Greensboro so the power is certainly coming around for him the strikeouts he took a he his strikeout rate was you know he cut it down 
a, you know quite a bit this year to at least a level that you can you can accept you know from from a power hitting outfielder so he's certainly the most interesting name in my opinion that that's that's over there uh, he got the late season promotion to double a um, only played eight games so not really a whole lot of um, not really a whole lot you can take from that but he's going to be someone who starts in double a next point uh, next year he's going to be 23 years old uh, kind of plays all around the diamond. You can put him in the corner outfield spots. You can put him at first base. Like the guy kind of plays all over the place, and and that's kind of been evidenced by by his Arizona Fall League so far. He's playing a lot of positions. He's actually the only player on Salt River who played all six games last week too. So um, getting a lot of playing time there. Uh, he's has the second best OPS through through the first week of the season. It's got three doubles, eight hits in that first week of ball. He's hitting 320, slugging 520. So he's off to a good start um, down there. Uh, and yeah, I think he's he's certainly the, the name that you're most interested in. He is Rule 5 eligible this year. So you do have to kind of make that decision. Mm-hmm. Is Jace Bowen somebody you protect? I don't think he is. Like I don't think anybody is going out there and, and drafting Jace Bowen based off of a you know a, a decent high A season last year. But this is just an opportunity for the Pirates to get a few more looks at him uh, against some pretty good competition and see if if he's somebody that they need to add this offseason. Right. Yeah, that's a good call. And getting into that that spot, like. The Arizona fall they can use be used in a lot of that sense, you know, like the guys that are rule five eligible, it gives you an extra look, other competition. Um, but to stay in that realm, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I don't think you're protecting Jason. Like, honestly, like think about we talked about Malcolm Nunez last year and like the the Mesa Martins, and I think there are much better prospects uh in that sense than Jace Bone and also closer. So, yeah, I don't think – and I don't think the Pirates – I mean, we talk about the 40-man crunch to begin with. I don't think the Pirates could afford to protect this type of player. This is maybe like two or three years ago, potentially. But right now on this stage, like if you lose a Jace Bowen, I don't think the Pirates should be crying. Um, it's more of an indictment that this team is is in a better spot, <laughs> that they, they can't protect the Jace Bowen. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's like it's, 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 it's like a little bit – he's a little bit old right now like he's at 23 years old just hitting double a um but like there is a real talent there as you mentioned with the, the power and right now in the arizona fall league like it is showing off like you mentioned four extra base hits but that's the other thing with the arizona fall league and it kind of goes in hand with like what you mentioned about the pitching like you're not really usually finding too many like stud pitchers in the arizona fall league so uh in a current again it's arizona so you're gonna usually see numbers that are skewed a little bit um yeah i mean it's it's a weird environment because you as from a pitching standpoint a lot of teams aren't sending their top pitching prospects like unless they missed a lot of time early in the year or something like that with with an injury and they just want to see them more uh i mean they're they exist right i mean if you look at if you just look at you know some of the some of the players on um let's see if we're looking at some of the players on, on salt river, like Jackson Job's in there you know, he was a 
top five overall pick. Um, Blake Walston's in there. So, so you've got a couple guys, Case Williams. So they, they exist, but they're not out there pitching six, seven innings either. Jackson Job had a start last week and, and pitched four scoreless. Uh, but, but you're right. Like it's just, it, it's a weird mix of pitching prospects in, in the Arizona fall league. And sometimes the offensive numbers are, eh, I mean, you're, you're in Phoenix. So you're in kind of that same environment that, that chase field is in. It's, it would be the equivalent of, you know, the, it's the second highest elevation in major league baseball, but it's not, right. you know, it's not course field by any means, but it is, it is a little bit, a little bit better of a hitting environment. Yeah. As I said, Jace Bowen's, Probably, you know, the most interesting guy to, to pay attention to because of that role five status. I guess you could even say Carter Benz, but, you know, no one's taking Carter Benz in the role five draft. I I, I don't think so. Um, Jack Brannigan had a really, really nice year this year. Uh, you know, the other position player the Pirates sent. I'm just a little bit leery on deeming guys who strike out a third of the time in high A after going to college as someone that I'm really going to pay too, too much attention to. Like right. he's definitely like on the radar as a, as a prospect uh, plays good defense, you know, has a little bit of pop basically hit 300 at Greensboro slugged 605. So like it was there, but he struck out 33.5% of the time as a college bat, you know, you expected him to, to hit really well in Bradenton because he's he's more advanced than that. And then when he gets to Greensboro, you you just you need to see more contact from uh from Jack Brannigan. And that's coming to play here too in the uh in the Arizona Fall League. He's he has 14 at bats. He struck out eight times so far. So he's yeah he's he's been the worst hitter on Salt River through the first week. Um he did finally pick up his first hit the other day. But he's one for fourteen. Yep, it's one of those things. It's it like uh, not to comp, right? But like the Mason Martin effect. Like you look at the numbers, and the numbers look outstanding. Like you mentioned this year in high A, two ninety nine, three eighty two, slugged six oh five, a one fifty nine weighted runs created plus. Like you look at those numbers, you're like, this guy is, this is a dude. Here's a prospect. Like why aren't we talking more about him? But like you mentioned, you're also twenty two years old in high A and literally had a 33.5% K rate. That usually doesn't translate. You know, that, that usually does not translate. I put out the graphic, you know, this year, and I think I mentioned it like a few times, but just players who have had a K rate at 30% or greater in the minor leagues and who have translated to the majors, and there's literally hardly anyone, right? Like you yeah. look at the guys that are striking out 30% or higher in the majors and, and they're striking out at 20, 25% and, you know, in the minors for the most part. So like when you're in high a striking out 33% of the time, it usually doesn't translate. But again, you don't ignore completely the 605 slugging <laughs> that just happened. Um, yeah. But yeah. And like, and that's the thing too, like you look at the prospect ranking and stuff like pipeline has, you know, Jace Bowen number 27, uh, they're higher on Brandon again at 21. Um, and like uh, in fan graphs, they're I don't even know if Bowen's in the top 30 on fan graphs, but Brandon somewhere in there. 
Yeah, so it's like I said, it's not you're not looking at like impact talent here. It's Renegade's um, 33, by the way. Okay. Yeah, you're not you're not looking at too much impact talent in the in the Arizona Fall League from the position side of things. Mm-hmm. You're really just looking for role players. And, and like I said, Carter Benz is some is a guy who could could potentially be a backup catcher, right? I mean, can't really hit very well, but you don't really need a backup catcher to hit all that well. If you can hit a little bit cool. So like there's there's some there's some like at least big league potential there just because of the position that he plays. Right. And like I said, Brannigan, if you squint hard enough, you can see it. Jace Bowen probably ceiling is fourth outfielder, right? So like that's if he reaches his ceiling. Yeah. Um so like I said, it's the, there's guys to pay attention to if you really want to kind of look at like future depth. You're not going to be looking and tuning into Arizona Folly games to see, you know, future staples in this Pirates lineup. Right. Okay. Well, I guess let's just touch a little bit on on the pitching. Uh, I think that's even behind the hitters as far as mid here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, oh, I guess, you know, J.C. Flowers. I guess that's a bit of an intriguing name as far as uh, the pitcher goes. Ooh, he struggled this year. <laughs> um, JC Flowers, I think, was a dark horse guy to you know make the opening day roster this past season, especially when all the lefties you know started going down and you needed lefties. It was like mm-hmm. you know JC Flowers. His name was his name was in there, and from a from a prospect standpoint, like you like the way he looks. Like he's big, tall, lanky. He kind of reminds you of like Angel Perdomo, like that same mm-hmm. same look from the left side. Um, but who he was bad this year in Indianapolis. Uh, he was not good. And I mean, I think his ERA was close to nine. <laughs> like it was, it was a nine, three, nine. <laughs> okay. In 46 yeah. innings. Yeah. I like mean, that's, was... that's not very good. Um, <laughs> like, that's not good for anybody. Um, but let me, let me just pull up the stats here. So I've got him in front of me, but I think if he, and a lot of it's just from the walks. Like he walks way too many people. Um, he, he just like was a completely different pitcher this year. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it was, but the, he had some I mean, slow season behind him. Yeah, I mean he he looked he was he was pretty good in Double A last year, which is why his name was out there as like a dark horse guy to to kind of pick up one of those lefty spots. But yeah, just did not have a good year in Indianapolis at all. Again, another guy who's Roll 5 eligible. If you're a team and you think you can kind of harness the stuff, then maybe you take him because he like he's got a good slider and he throws left-handed. Like those right. That's that's him. Uh, but he was so bad this year. I just can't I can't imagine somebody taking him and using a 26-man roster spot on this guy. Uh, but you know, and, and maybe the Pirates are putting him in the in the fall league just to kind of get another last look at him against some some good competition. But just a guy who completely kind of fell off the radar. He is only twenty five, so you know you could see him putting it together next year. And if he if he can put together a solid season in AAA, then you're looking at, at maybe a future lefty reliever who needs to like if you need to call upon him, sure, but probably not likely right, right. Now, based off. His I think it's funny. 
Jamie says slider left-handed sounds like a pirate already. Like, yeah, actually this is the guy that pirates would target. So he's already yeah. in the system. Um, but I'm with you. I don't, I don't foresee you again using a 40 man spot on this guy, but it's still a dark horse, but like, I feel like he probably has more potential than any of the hitters we talked about of being picked up. Just again, like the talent. Like I said, this is just an awful, awful year. You know, you look at Altoona last year, 315, 3.15 walks per nine, which is like manageable. You know, he wasn't like a strikeout artist last year, more or less, or ever. Yeah. But, you know, he didn't walk a lot. 315, you'll live with that. And then like this year, it jumped to 7.63 walks per nine. I mean, it straight doubled and, and then some. And that's that's rough, right? So like 288 ERA and Altoona last year, 939 this year. But like you said, he's a lefty. He's got a slider. There's some intrigue there. Someone can go ahead and, and harness him and make him into something. Then, you know, potentially, yeah. Um, but yeah, like outside of him, like yeah, there's Cam Junker. There's Cam, Cam Junker is kind of this year's Colin Selby, Selby. type yeah. candidate, right? It's a little bit older of a guy. Um, not someone you're gonna add to the 40 man. I don't think like I don't think you're protecting Cam Junker from a roll five draft. Uh he he did put up some okay numbers in triple a this year but like nothing stood out to you like like you really need this guy uh, yeah i mean looking at the rest of the pitchers um tyler Diego, another lefty prospect um struggled again didn't do as poorly as flowers uh but but also didn't really didn't didn't really perform all too well uh, strikeout rate was there for him at least, you know, where it wasn't necessarily there with flowers. Uh, so like maybe there's a little bit something there. Uh, Nick Domkowski. I just don't, I don't really see it with him. They, they tried starting him a few times in Altoona this year too. And just, just wasn't there. The one guy I think is kind of interesting just because you usually don't see, you usually don't see pitchers this young go to, the Arizona Fall League, and that is uh, Alessandro Ercolani, 19 years old, just turned 19 this year uh, in April. He was in Bradenton, right-handed thrower, put up okay numbers, especially at that age, at that level, 4.43 ERA, and he starts. So I've mm -hmm. uh, been using him out of the bullpen so far in the Arizona Fall League. Actually, has he even pitched yet? Yeah, he has. So he, he's pitched two innings. <clears throat> Hasn't done great, by the way. None, none, none of these pitchers are really doing all that well. For them. But I guess he's your most interesting name just because of the age. Uh, the stuff, you know, he hits like mid-90s with a fastball, throws a cutter, throws a breaking ball also has a changeup so like he's got a pretty good arsenal of pitches so far at age 19 and yeah I, I think that's a kind of a kind of a cool story signed out of San Marino which you know I don't know if there's ever been a major league baseball player from San Marino I don't think has there been a major league baseball player like born in like Europe other than What's his name? Well, yeah. Neveroskis. 
Oh, oh. like okay, well, have there been like any? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like I, I don't know if there's been any other European-born baseball players. Um, uh, well, if you take out also born over there because like your dad's stationed there, because wasn't what's his face? Yeah, also? maybe that that, twins, that could count. Where you're like a U.S. citizen, you were born on the like, army yeah. base or something. Yeah, that makes God, sense. Who was the twins hitter? I don't know. Anyways, I know there's that, but yeah, I don't know yeah. like actual like European players like you're mentioning, and like San um, Marino of all places. It's just like a little, it's like a town basically. It's not even right. Like, I mean, it's a real country, but like barely, <laughs> <laughs> barely. Yeah, but like you said, like it's it's more of a cool story at this point than it is yeah. like, hey, here's an intriguing prospect. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like you hit the fact that he is 19 is pretty unique in that sense too. But yeah, like again, like when it comes to the pitching, it's for an uninspiring group. This is the least inspiring of them. And what's also kind of funny, if you go to Arizona Fall League and you sort the pitching by ERA and then you do the reverse, right? You go by the highest number, then that's kind of where these pitchers <laughs> funnel up to. You can see most of them on the first page. So <laughs> that tells you so a that's lot. That's not good. Too. That's, that's right. not great. Yeah. If you're, if you're sorting by ERA and you have to click the second time to make yeah. it like a descending order. And that's how you find your guys. Right. It's not, it's not good. Yep. But yeah. So, so far, not a, not a great week for the pitching. Uh, I don't think any of them, in fact, have an ERA under nine. Right. So there you go. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, um, you but go. at any rate, I mean, we'll, we'll talk. It's just the first week, you know, I mean, some of these guys, especially with the pitchers pitched one game or such, you know, just a few innings. It is what it right. is, but we'll talk a little bit more about them throughout the, the season, I guess, since, you know, there's not a whole lot to really talk about pirates related. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, but Arizona fall, fall league, it's, you know, we'll, we'll touch on them, you know, every week or so it's, it's fun to, it's at least fun to have people playing baseball right now. Yeah. There you go. Speaking of people playing baseball. You want to talk a little bit about the uh, the playoffs that are happening right now? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I think the um, the wild card round was very uneventful. I, yeah, I mean, all four all four rounds were done in two games. Like there were no game threes. You know, I always like the elimination, like those those final games. I feel like you need you need more of those. Uh, but I think all the like the teams that we're seeing now, like these are the guys that, that you know you want to see. Orioles are down 2-0. That's a, that's a little crazy Surprising. at home. Yeah. yeah, Rangers are a good team, but uh, yeah, you you would have hoped the the Orioles could have taken one at home. They look like they're gonna get get bounced pretty early here as they head back to Texas. National League game two. Those are. Uh, those are going to be tonight. the 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 most fun series that I'm thinking of is is this Phillies Brave series. Like those are just two teams with really cool personalities that love playing baseball. They love playing baseball against each other. Uh, they they're just well put together teams too that are like built for the postseason. That's Phillies Braves is just good baseball. Yeah, and like the thing about that series too is like when you look at this thing on paper, I mean, hands down, you look at the Braves on paper, they're unbeatable. Like, how do you defeat this? How did how did this team ever lose a game? Right. Like that's what you look at 
but like they were also good last year, you know, and Phillies are a good team as well. But like, I don't know if like you compare them to the Braves and say, oh yeah, this is a team that can beat them. But like the, the, the Phillies dominated them last year in the playoffs on their way to, to victory. And, and here we go yeah. again, they're already up one, nothing in this series. So like, that's, what's kind of intriguing to me also, like, is the, are the Braves going to be able to get past the Phillies again? Are they going to get I'll, bounced? Like I'll this say this in the playoffs with, being that good of a, a team with as good as that Braves offense is like the pitching's a little shaky because of, of injuries. So, I mean, you had Spencer Strider start on Saturday and you know, he pitched well, but you had the Phillies put up a zero and, and so, and so, you know, the, he gets tagged with the loss to, I mean, tonight's game, Zach Wheeler versus Max Freed. You've got Zach Wheeler on the mound who, you know, potential Cy Young. I mean, he, he, I mean he's a Cy Young candidate. Max Freed was hurt a lot of the year when he was healthy. He was really good. So like, this is like the Braves kind of need to take this game. If they don't, they're in a lot of trouble because right. then they're, because then they're turning to more of their guys that they probably don't want to lean on, you know, in like really super important playoff games. Like, you know, cause then you're getting into like Bryce elder and, and stuff like that, who again, pitched really well, but I don't know if you, you necessarily want him pitching in like an elimination game. Yeah. Are, are you really out there confident in trusting your season on the line with, with elder? It's one of those yeah. things, but you're right. Like Willer's a dude. He's after the situation. Max Free, like like you said, like that's that's pretty much his label. Like he's a really good pitcher when healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, he's just got like he, I don't know if he was he was questionable like for the series, right? I mean, obviously he's 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 on the roster, he's pitching, but like I think he was questionable coming into it, wasn't he? Yeah. No, I mean he's he, that whole staff has kind of been has been dealing with stuff. Mm. He yeah. um. Freed's issue was a blister. Like he had, he had a blister, I think. So uh, he, I mean, he's going to play, but yeah, I mean, if the Braves don't win tonight, they're in trouble because then they're going back to Philly and they got to face Aaron Nola. And more importantly, the Phillies owner in the stands. Yeah. You got John Middleton in the stands too. <laughs> uh, now, now the one thing that the Braves do have going for them is that off day on Sunday. So like if they, they could turn around Spencer Strider quick. Like Spencer Strider could go game four for mm -hmm. the Braves if there is a game four. Whereas like in the American League games, uh, probably can't do that quick of a turnaround with your game one starter because of the way the off days turned out. So the Braves have a little bit of advantage there. If they can get to game four, they can they can go they can go Strider twice here, you know, instead of having to wait for game five. Speaking of series and today's games, so Dodgers Diamondbacks. I find this to be kind of intriguing because also same division, right? I mean, these are two guys in yeah. the same division. It's the big bad Dodgers who are just kind of like the Braves. Like you look at it on paper, it's like, well, this is this team's gonna take it, right? Clayton Kershaw implodes game one. I mean, Diamondbacks easily take that one. And like there's, I mean, the Trust me, like this isn't like big bad Goliath and little tiny. Like, how are the Diamondbacks even in this? But it's not like the Marlins, where the Marlins are like, eh, right. yeah, that's kind of questionable. Like, how are they even in the playoffs? Like, this is a good young, talented team, especially of course, you know, Corbin Carroll, 
leading the way and making all kinds of rookie records for the season. But uh, like it is a talented team, and now it's Zach Gallen going up against your boy, Bobby Miller. Like this is one of those things too. Dodgers kind of need to take this one tonight. I feel. And, and oh yeah, know, the the Diamondbacks put up their two dudes, you know, right away. And Zach Allen's the second one right now. And like, if they take this and the Dodgers down two nothing, like you talk about turnaround, like the Diamondbacks can turn these these two guys around the rotation as well and pitch again. Yeah, I'm not sure if the Diamondbacks can can go with Gallon in like a potential game five, but they can certainly go with Merrill Kelly in a game four. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, yeah. What's crazy about that series is it's Clayton Kershaw, like game one, and it, and it's just it's so weird that you know for the for most of our adult lives, <laughs> like I mean Clayton Kershaw has been pitching since I was a junior in college right 2008 and he's been a top three pitcher in the game during that time frame but it's just when he gets to the postseason he's just not the same guy and you saw he at one he got one out he got one out in game one yeah gives up six runs and like at that point the game's pretty much over so it's just wild to me that you can have such a dominant pitcher during the regular season. And then once the postseason hits, he just like, he's not that ace anymore. He's just a regular guy in the postseason, And that's, you know, putting things, you know, that's, that's being nice to him really. Yeah. Last year, his start, he, you know, he gave up three runs in his start last year. You know, that, that World Series run in 2020, that was really like the only postseason that he put it together. Other than that, like it was really just, just a dominant been, World Series run too. Like yeah, he 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 went two well in the World him. Series. Yeah, but it's just wild to me. It's it's crazy that he just hasn't he's thirty nine games in the postseason 32 starts and he's basically just an average guy in the postseason 4.49 era and 32 starts like that's yeah 194 innings like he's saying like that's he has a full season's worth of starts yeah and he has a 449 era it's clayton kershaw 248 era for his career as a regular season right like he has a career 248 era yeah like people forget how good he really is like he's like I being on the West Coast his whole career, I, I think you just like don't watch him as much as you see all the other guys. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, he's put just like a completely dominant career up over sixteen seasons, and just he's completely pedestrian in the postseason. Like when you need him the most, it's it's insane. You're talking, yeah, like he's got three Cy Youngs, but also an MVP. Like you know how hard it is for a pitcher to get an MVP award. He's right. got an MVP. And these are the guys you rely on into the playoffs. I mean, that's honestly like one of the reasons the Dodgers haven't won that many World Series is because Clayton Kershaw pitches like he's Andre main... Jackson when he goes into the playoffs. Like he's the main guy that you rely on, right? I mean, when you go to the postseason, you want to lean on your ace as much as possible. And yep. Clayton Kershaw has been the Dodgers' ace. For 15 years. 
Like even this year, he's 35. Also 35 years old. You're waiting for the decline to come, and it really hasn't. Yeah, he had a 2.46 ERA this year. 2.46. He was basically Carmen Majinski, but starting. Like, I mean, if we're, if we're talking about, like, if we're comparing him to a pirate, like, I mean, David Bednar had an ERA of, like, 1 or, or 2.0. Like, when was the last time the Pirates had a starter with an ERA in the twos? I guess Garrett, did Garrett Cole do it? In the twos, yeah, but like that's still low. To, like, we're there's still a difference between like a two four and like a two eight or two nine. Yeah, I mean, Garrett it's and it, it again, in like the two have like a two eight ERA is outstanding. Yeah, it's, I mean, he, he was outstanding this Kershaw. year. Yeah, yeah, he was outstanding this year at age 35. And then you put him in game one in the playoffs and he just implodes. Right. It's crazy. I don't know, man, but it's, it's like it really is a thing. I mean, I know people joke about it, but it's legit a thing. And it showed last night. Now I'll say this: he can go again this series, but like, I don't know if that's a good thing. Like that's just like that, that weird thing. Exactly, like, he's gonna be able to turn around. But is that is that good? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I mean, if you're the Dodgers, you 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 have to do it right. Like you can't just like not turn to Kershaw if he's no. available. But at the same time, like Kershaw needs to be Kershaw. Or the Dodgers are in trouble, and then that's that's why the Dodgers have like lacked this success lately. Is Kershaw hasn't been Kershaw? The one year that he was, they won the World Series. Right. Every other yeah, year, and he they, absolutely they dominated haven't. the World Series that year. Yeah. So, what do you think about your boy Bobby Miller, though? I mean, Big Bobby Miller also him. had a really solid season. Um, he's young. You think he can do it? Oh, I know he can do it. You know, oh, here we go. Especially with the whole bat. I mean, look just look at the battery. You got Will Will Smith, Louisville legend, Bobby Miller, Louisville legend. Yeah, Dodgers are gonna win tonight. Will Smith's gonna homer, and Bobby Miller's gonna go six scoreless. There you have it. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> both are dudes, though. Will Smith yeah, they're both definitely a good. dude. <laughs> they're both pretty good. No, but Bobby um, Miller, like like you mentioned, rookie, he's going to be starting game two. Um, you know, we all heard a ton about Bobby Miller as he was going up through the minors. He was one of the better right-handed pitching prospects in uh, baseball. And when he hit the majors this year, didn't really miss a beat. Just uh, one of those rare young arms that you know, as soon as he, as soon as you called him up, he like he was ready. Yeah. Um. Going to the AL, I guess. You know, we touched a little bit on Texas, Baltimore. Baltimore, I mean, I, I know they're young, but I, I had a little place in my heart for them. I wanted them to do pretty well. I mean, what a turnaround, you know, they had to this year being one of the top teams in baseball. And they're so young, so talented. Mm-hmm. But again, they're young. Yeah. And here we are. They're down 0-2. Texas Rangers, who also, like, the Texas Rangers were at a spot where it's like, are they going to make the playoffs? Right? They had a little funky... I mean, I mean once they, they acquired Austin Hedges, right? They had a little funky spot where they're losing. Yeah. Uh, and like I just feel like right now they're like they're clicking at the right spot. They're up two nothing right now. Uh they were they won yesterday eleven to eight. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that series? Yeah, I mean the Rangers have play, have been playing really good baseball. Um they've they've played four games so far this postseason, all four on the road. Um, you know, they they sweep Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. 
they they win the first two games here in Baltimore. <laughs> Rick Somehow Bucko uh, Mike like found our stats. I'm sure he he was he was doing some research there. But um yeah, the Rangers are playing really good ball. And, and Baltimore surprised me this year. Like I thought I thought Baltimore would be good based off of how they finished last year, but the fact they went out there and they won the American League East was quite impressive. They won 101 games in that division, which is, you know, insane for how how young that team is. I still think though, like even though they won those 101 games, you still weren't really looking at them as like a World Series favorite. I think there's still just a few pieces that they're missing there to kind of be those guys. And the good thing about the Orioles is because they're so young, their payroll's low. They have an opportunity this offseason to go out there and 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 fill in some holes that they have. Like I I would look at the Orioles next year as like a main main American League contender. But yeah, the Rangers they're they're just they're good. The lineup's solid. A uh, lot of just veterans there who have been through games like this. They've played in the postseason before. They've won. That whole team is just filled with with guys who have done it before, um, yeah. and, and guys that are still really good. Uh, both on both sides of the ball, from offense and and on the pitching staff. So Rangers. I mean, I think the Rangers take this series. I would be surprised if this if that series goes back to Baltimore. You just got to win one out of two now if you're Texas in um, at home, and I'm sure they'll be uh, they'll be looking forward to playing at home because they haven't played a home playoff game yet. They're like I said, four games so far, all four have been on the road. So I would imagine them to get the job done there. And then, uh, yeah, Twins Astros. That one split, heading back to Minnesota. So that's actually. A- that, twins that seems can, like a pretty fun series too. And, and the twins are interesting because of the pitching, right? Like if you look at one, two, three, you're probably not beating the twins. One, two, three starters between, you know, Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray, uh, uh, and then Joe oh, Ryan. Oh, say that first name again, Jim. Who? Let's just say, let's say Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan. And then uh, Pablo Lopez. Uh, no, Pablo Lopez had a great game last night. I think it was seven scoreless innings. I mean, just, because he's just outstanding, dude. outstanding postseason so far from him. Uh, but no, that those Twins one, two, three starters. Like you're just you're not going to find too much better ones out there. And that's where they can they can really take that take advantage. Uh, all all every game that they've played so far has been has been just a well played game by by them. I think it's the best way to put it. Like they're just, they're a well put together team. Yeah. I don't think it's, you know, like you don't look at them like the Braves and just like this dominant lineup, but like, there's not too many holes on that team either. You know, like solid pitching, solid lineup, solid, you know, bullpen and such defense. Like honestly, like, you know, with Royce Lewis, I talked about last night, you know, together behind the scenes, but like, Royce Lewis kind of having the season he's having. I mean, all the injuries. He was an uber-talented prospect, right? Like, number one prospect I felt like for 17 years in a row. Um, He (laughs) just never was healthy enough to put it all together. Um, I I mean, I personally, I'm almost like writing him off. You know, it's like, how do you have, first off, this many injuries, the same injury, like that many times, just 
hindering your development. I'm like, if if he comes and becomes like just a major league player, like that's probably where he's at. And he came up and he said, this is why I'm number one prospect. I mean, he came up and he is a dude as far as hitting goes. Uh, just had an outstanding season. And I think that really helped this lineup because, hey, they traded the Marlins, right? A guy who fights for a batting title every year. Um, a lot of offense you're giving up there. Now, I'll granted, he doesn't hit for power, right? But like you're giving up some offense and such. You need a pitching. And like Royce Lewis was able to just come in and say, hey, I'll supplement that offense and do even better for you. So, you know, like he really added length to this uh, this lineup as well. So it's like, yeah, I look at this team for the Twins. They're They're just good. And this is also the Astros team that's just always in the ALCS. Yeah. No, it's a it's a, a, a good team. The the Astros are also, you know, a, a just really good all around too. Right. Um yeah, two two good teams. I, I was expecting you, you know, you expect Minnesota to at least make these games good because of the pitching. So that's that's kind of where like I said that that's where they're going to win baseball games. Uh, the, the starting pitchers are excellent. The bullpen is excellent. You just need something from the offense. And, you know, game two, they were able to to get that something. Um, you know, uh, Kyle Farmer with a three-run homer, that, that kind of a two-run homer, that kind of put things, uh, you know, that made it three-nothing yesterday. And then they were able to add a few more throughout the game. But that was, uh, no, that was, that was a well-played game and, you kind of hope that I, I don't Byron Buxton left off the ALDS roster, but someone who could come back for the ALCS maybe. And then you're just making this team even more dangerous by, by adding a superstar to, to its lineup where, you know, again, kind of Royce Lewis and Byron Buxton, very similar in that they're both outstanding talents, but just, you know, can't stay healthy. Right. And so, you know, you get both of them in the lineup together. And now this team looks a lot better. Uh, another thing too, I do want to talk about like Carlos Correa. I, I feel like he's just been around forever. And, and like we talked about him last night, uh, just, just when we were, we were just on, on PlayStation. Uh, but Carlos Correa three for four yesterday, huge game, three RBIs. Uh, he's hitting five thirty three <clears throat> in the postseason. Has played a ton of postseason baseball. He's only 29 years old. He moved into third all time last night in postseason RBIs. Like the dude just gets the job done in the postseason. He passed David Ortiz and Derek Jeter, two people who have played a lot of postseason baseball in their careers. He passed them up last night and, and runs batted in. So, um, they they have maybe like the single most impressive you know postseason bat in their lineup right now and then again with the pitching staff i think minnesota if they can somehow figure out a way to get past houston here minnesota might be in the world series yeah that's that's a good call again yeah. like this this is a a talented team for sure um, and yeah, that Correa stat just blew my mind. Like you said, you talked about last night and just, he's not even 30 yet. Like how, you know? And like, I get the Astros are a good team. Like he has been in the playoffs, but like you said, so is Derek Jeter. I mean, the Yankees yeah. are like, like he's third. You understand like how many talented Yankees there are and how they like lived in the playoffs. 
and Red Sox. And he's this guy from Houston and now Minnesota. <laughs> he's third. But you're right. So what, 63 RBIs in 83 total games? It's a lot of he's, games. It's uh, like a half a season of postseason baseball he's played in his life. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and he just turned 29. Must be nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, and he had a big game. Like he was a big part last night too uh, of that victory. So yeah, some really good series. Uh, I just wanted to point out here as well because it hit me. Max Kepler was the guy I was thinking about. Born in ah. Berlin, Germany. Okay, there we go. That was the one. But again, like, you know, just his dad was stationed there. So like he's German and still counts over. though. I, I think you can count it, but not really. We can count it, but I think it wasn't for the way you're trying to. Yeah, that one has an asterisk it. next to it. That one has an asterisk. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so there's that. So I don't know. Fun series. Definitely some good baseball coming up. Uh, I'm again, like I, I like, I feel like there's a story. There's intrigue in every one of these series. Mm-hmm. But tonight, again, like the Phillies, Braves, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, like. Dodgers and, and Braves in my eyes are like the two talented teams and they might be falling <laughs> big night for them. Yeah, it's, it is. It's a big night of baseball for, for those two teams because going into the playoffs, I think I even said it like the thing I'm you most did. looking forward to is a Braves Dodgers and LCS. And if they don't get the job done tonight, that, that might not, I guess probably not going to happen. Yeah. No. And it's going to be, a Diamondbacks Phillies series, which will still be fun. Oh yeah, but like the Dodgers Braves again. You look at the rosters, and it's like I want to see these guys play a really important baseball game. And yeah, we might not get to see it because they might not be able to get the job done against uh, the the people who they beat in their division. Right. Yep. So there's that. Do we want to just briefly before we go, just touch on some pirates that are in the playoffs still? Some ex pirates. There's not a whole lot. I felt that not a to whole be lot. Weird. Yeah. Um. You know, maybe maybe if the Braves advance, we'll see Charlie Morton. But as of now, he's injured. So yeah, I think that just leaves what well, we went through. Adam Frazier for Baltimore. Yep. Um. Who. He's kind of just like a role player on that team. He's not even like an everyday guy. Um, Who else is there? There's so the Dodgers have Shelby Miller. Shelby Miller. I guess we got to count Shelby Miller technically. Ten games. Former Pirate. (laughs) The the Astros have Robbie Grossman. Yeah, forgive me if I don't quite. That Shelby Miller era during the 2021 Pirates at the end of the year. I don't think that was a. That was an era that I, I wish to remember much in my life. Yeah, well, there's part of that. And there's also, like, I mean, we were talking about, too. My question was, wait, was Shelby Miller, because like, I knew the, the transaction existed. But I was like, yeah. did Shelby Miller even pitch? Uh, he did. He te- technically <laughs> pitched. Yeah, not very well. He no. didn't do very well. And I, uh, I, I think they, I, I could have swore they used him as an opener once, but they must have not done it. Because it was 10, 10 bullpen appearances for Shelby Miller. Yeah. And then I did misspeak. I said Robbie Grossman, the Astros. I feel that still exists. No, Robbie Robbie Grossman for the Rangers. 
uh, but as well as Chris Stratton and Austin Hedges. So like three ex-Pirates for the Rangers. So I guess maybe if you have rooting interest in that sense, right, Pirates, the Rangers are your team this year. Yeah, um, Austin Hedges probably had his most monumental postseason moment the other day when he did the, the finger guns. <laughs> I don't expect him to see the field ever. <laughs> as evidenced by his entire two months on the Texas Rangers, and he got he had 25 plate appearances in, in two months worth of games. Uh, yeah, there might not, be a reason not... if you look at this graphic and it's of Austin Hedges pitching. Yeah. Well, I think Rangers fans, for the most part, that was they saw him pitch more. He pitched four games, <laughs> he pitched three and two thirds innings. With a 4.91 ERA, like he was more valuable to them on the mound than he was anywhere else. You know, um, I didn't look this part up. This would be funny. Did he face more batters or more pitchers at his time in Texas? Oh, that's yeah. Um, that's a good point. I don't know. I guess we keep could, talking. I'll yeah, see if I can pitch, find yeah. anything. So. But he did do the 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 finger guns, you know, earlier in the in the series. Uh, he is strictly on that roster. He's basically a third catcher that they're carrying uh, because you know they they do want to play both Mitch Garver and Jonah Heim in their lineup, one catching, one DHing at all times. So you know when you're playing both of your catchers every day, uh, it it kind of makes sense to have that third guy. So he's simply there, like in case. Something bad happens, and then you know you're forced to turn to him. Uh, but yeah, don't don't expect Austin Hedges to get too much playing time unless there's maybe a blowout situation, and and they need somebody to you know to eat an inning on the mound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right, and that's the thing too. Like this Texas Rangers lineup, I mean, it's man, it's I mean, it's good. I mean, obviously we're talking about the Dodgers and Rays, but like the Rangers lineup is pretty damn good too. Um, just put it out there. He faced 16 batters. Okay. So he had, now he had 24 plate appearances. Okay. And with that, there was one, two, three, four games. It looked like he probably started and had three or more plate appearances. So still, though, probably faced yeah. more pitchers than batters, but it's close. It's, yeah, it's that is close. close. And I don't know how that many overlaps. Close with these games like i don't know like when he faced you know one team earlier like the angels if it was the same pitcher or not but anyways yeah that, that there you have it there's there's potential he faced more batters than pitchers in his time in in texas bucko mike says he was better than colin selby on the mound and that's actually a fact <laughs> unfortunately could the pirates been 500 if austin hedges was in the bullpen <laughs> and yeah, not maybe. behind the plate this year they should have just moved him to the bullpen. He could have been like a bullpen catcher slash pitcher. There you go. Maybe like he the, had value. Like he they did, just didn't see it. Yeah, they just weren't using him correctly. That's what it was. What if so you had like a Bugs here. Bunny situation? You know, where you have Austin Hedges throwing to Austin Hedges. That could be valuable because then you could put a whole other person in the field. Like if Austin Hedges like. You know how Shohei Otani is so valuable because you know he can hit right. and pitch. If you can pitch and catch at the same time, 
you can stick another maybe a fourth outfielder out there, or maybe you you plug a an infielder like a, in like a rover position. That's the new that's the new market inefficiency. Our pitchers slash catchers. I like that, and also because <laughs> if you can pitch and catch your own, you probably are going to need a fourth outfielder. So. That's that's true. <laughs> maybe eight of them. lots of uh floater pitches like from like, right rookie of the year you know there it is hey it worked Mom, in, it worked in the you? movie it worked the pitch did not the actual pitcher throwing to himself art <laughs> yeah that's more of a cartoon situation you know and right. so but hey no one's ever tried it as far as i know also the whole fact of like you have to have a catcher well, he would still <laughs> technically be a catcher. Like he would be there. I guess like I don't know how the, see role, how the rules define. Do you have yeah. to have a catcher before the pitch is thrown? That's that's true because there is a rule in baseball that you need to have somebody in the catcher position. I just don't know if the wording is like does it does it need to be there when the pitch is thrown? Because right. You know, if you can move someone there right after the pitch, then that's what, that's how it would work. And since no one ever thought this would be possible, it could be one of those technicalities. Like, it just, it's not defined that way. You probably could get away with it because no one said that a guy has to be catching before the pitch is made because no one ever thought it'd be possible for someone to get in the crouching position and catch the ball after it was thrown. Yeah. I think, I think, I think we should see a team try it. We should. I'm with you. And of course, the only reason we know that role is because we thought about throwing without a catcher before and we had to look up. It was your stupid idea back then, too. That was that was One a stupid them. idea on my part. Right. Like, why have a catcher? Just have another <laughs> defender. But you know what that means? That means someone else had probably thought of it before and tried it. And so they were like, no, we need to make this role. Yeah, that there that's has to fair. Be a catcher. Yeah, right. All right. Well, this has been a lot of nonsense now. So do we want to get out of here? Yeah, let's let's get out of here. We we spent way too much time on like hypothetical Austin Hedges situations, right? Oh, that would be fun though. I feel like I feel like we could have a lot of fun. Anyways, let's get out of here though. Appreciate everyone for watching, listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening as well. Check out our YouTube page if you haven't. Um, but yeah, we'll be back again this week. We have some things coming up. So with that said, bye bye. See you guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.